say, God is here. Come on, as you're taking your seat. Let's do that. Well, good morning. My name's Michelle, and I'm uh, part of the team here at True North, and love to extend a warm welcome if you're here for the first time. We have our welcome lounge at the back. You get a free coffee for the family, Paul, for the family. It's amazing. Or a hot drink. If your little kid's not into coffee, you can have a hot chocolate or baby Chino or whatever it is they fancy. They have matcha. Has anyone heard of this, this green drink? It's tasty. It tastes like nothing, really. It's sweet nothing. It tastes all right. Oh, oh, sorry, Sally. I've offended someone. I knew I was going to do that. It was the other service, like, yeah, Marcia, what is that stuff? But, um, oh, there you go. <laughs> I had one on the, during the week, and it tastes like nothing to me. But anyhow, anyhow, Sally loves it. Well, this morning, we are in week four of our series called 24, and it's 24 hours in the life of Jesus. And for anyone that's been tracking with us, we would see that the 24 hours of Jesus is definitely not boring. It's definitely not boring, but we've been tracking these um, different series of what um, God has been doing, what Jesus encountered over these 24 hours. Starting off with feeding 5,000 from five loaves and two fish. So he started off his day doing that. And then he, we see that wherever there was miracle, wherever there was something... Jesus was up to you see that and then the next part of the story we see how then Jesus draws away from the crowd and then we saw Jesus drawing away from the crowd and he went to the mountainside and he drew away to be closer to the father and then after that we see him again he's met with yet another crowd and then we see that as evening came Jesus is walking on the water just really the norm. So what happens in my life. So what happens in yours. <laughs> if you're here new, I didn't walk on water yesterday. It wasn't what I did. Um, Jesus is quite the exception. But as we pick it up in the story today, we're in Mark chapter 6, and we're closing off these 24 hours, and it's in the verses of 53 to 56, and we'll read that together. If you haven't got your Bibles, you can have it on the screen there. I'm going to do a pastor. Oh, no, my eyes aren't good. I'll stay here. <laughs> I'm going to do a Pastor Dean. I'm like, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Distance, it's a problem for me. Okay. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats <coughs> to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, cloak, and all who touched it were healed. And I think we'll take a pause and we'll pray here. <laughs> this is, as I've been preparing this message, it's that challenging message. It's a few verses, but it's, a ver it's verses that can be transformative in our life if we read this with the eyes of Jesus, what are you going to say to me today? So let's just pray into that. Holy Spirit, we pray that as we read your word, as we unpack your word, Lord, as we pray that our hearts will be challenged by your word, that the application, Lord, that we won't just sit here and feel like this is a great service and walk out the same, Lord, but in this space, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be at work, that it will be changing our lives, that we will have, um, Lord, just um, leadings and promptings from you of hearing your voice, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have hit 45 a few months back. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And that's not all good, it's not all good. So it's, you know, when you can say you're early 40s and you can lean more towards the 40 end, now that I'm finding I'm 45, 
I'm like, the only way to look is to 50. And I'm like, what? That can't be. I'm too young. So I'm still sitting in the 30s. Denial. It's okay. It's okay. But with this age has come, I've um, got from my father the genes of grey hair. White hair, in fact, is what he had. But I've got this, I'm realising more and more, the grey hairs are coming, thick and fast, but unlike anyone else that I've really been talking with much, where, you know, you can get some grey hairs and it's nicely spread across the hair and, and so it doesn't matter too much. It can delay the process of, you know, dealing with those later. And I'm not a hair and makeup person, let me tell you up front. And so all of this bothers me. And my husband kindly goes, it's fine. It looks okay. Just leave it. It doesn't look okay. Let me tell you, it doesn't look okay. He says that often. And the fact that he's saving lots of money on the hairdressing bills. But um, as these grey hairs are coming, how I get them is like this crown right in my front. It's like, it's there, it's thinking fast. As soon as I'm doing my hair, it's like, oh, the hair again, it's come back, it's grey. And so I was discussing with um, one of the girls at church and telling her my dilemma about this grey hair problem of mine. And, and then she talks to me and she shares about this hair mascara. Write a note down, everyone. Who's got grey hair? Write a note down now. And um, she's talking to me about this hair mascara. And I'm like leaning in a little bit. I'm like, yes, tell me some more about this. And so she's sharing about the idea of this hair mascara. When the grey hairs come and you're not quite ready to go to the hairdresser, you just paint this stuff on. And it deals with that for another week. So you prolong that visit to the hairdresser for another week. It's fabulous. And so me, not being good with hair and makeup, I'm just picturing perhaps I'm putting it on and it's all running down my face and people are looking at me as if to say, what is going on with you? But anyhow, I tried it out and it is amazing. I'm telling you, it is amazing. It is like the best product. You put this on, it delays going to the hairdresser, it saves money, it saves time, it's fantastic. I did, I did although put it on there for a little while and then I talked to another very good friend of mine and she must have seen me. She's like, you've got to just smudge it in. So just note to self, you've got to smudge it in. After you put it on, there's like a definite line. Don't do that. Don't do that. I may have done that a bit, but don't you do that. I'm here to just share all, all sorts of things. So anyhow, I'm doing this and um, it has been a game changer. So then I found myself in a meeting with two guys potentially on staff, not sharing any names. One's hedging towards 40 in denial. And he's sharing with me about this one grey hair he's found. So now there's different stages of grey hair. The one grey hair is in that stage where, you know, you can pluck it out and it's okay. But regardless of the fact, I'm like, oh, I've got something for you. Now, this is what you need to do. And I'm sharing all about, this is like a campus pastor meeting, very important. I'm sharing all about the mascara. I'm like, it's awesome. You've got to get it. It comes in different shades. Yeah, your hair will be fine. You can put it on. It'll be awesome. And I find myself, whenever I'm talking to someone and grey hair comes up, there's no way that conversation is going by without me sharing this product with them because it is amazing. It is just the best thing that I have experienced. So I share that with everybody and anybody, hence it's made today. So when we talk about things that are most passionate to us, when we talk about the things that have made impact in our lives, the automatic response is that we share that with others. And we see that as we're going to unpack this story today, that over here, when Jesus lands on the side, and he's there at Genseterat, that people and crowds flock to him. 
there is an attractiveness of Jesus that when anyone sees him from a distance, they're just going to go to him. There, there's something about Jesus that anyone in those towns, they're just going to flock to him, they're going to run to him. There's something about him that they want. They recognize him and they run to him. And we see that in the scripture here, that, you know, this attraction, it's evident, it is seen, it is apparent to so many that crowds everywhere he landed would come and flock to there. Went to Hillsong last week and you would have heard Justin Bieber was there. I'm not a fan. But anyhow, sorry, all the, yeah, oh, Molly, Molly, I've offended. I'm doing well with the Lewin family. I've just got two more to go. Um, <laughs> so um, we were walking by from the train to the conference and apparently he was at the Pullman Hotel and there was lines of women, uh, not women, not women, teenagers, young people, all lined up, waiting, obviously, for him to come out. So, just a side thing. That wasn't part of my message. But there was this attraction, obviously, that in Justin Bieber would draw all these girls. And I don't know how many hours they stand there, but they stand there waiting just for him to walk three steps past them. So, anyhow, that was taking place. But there is attraction that when, you know, you've got something in you, when Jesus has, has got clearly something in him that drew that crowd, that he had the Spirit of God in his life, that people were so evident around everywhere that they would flock to him. And we have, um, we see this in Jesus, that, you know, this attraction of Jesus, this algorithm of Jesus' life was, as we mentioned, we would see miracles happen and then we would see he draw away with the Father. We would see that, you know, he would go about, do ministry, come back, draw closer to the Father. And there was this rhythm and pattern in Jesus' life as we read the scripture, as we see how even in these 24 hours, that, you know, Jesus ministered out, of, ministered out of what he received from the Father. He did according to what the Father's will was for his life as a result of being with the Father. We saw this rhythm and pattern in his life that he goes, not my will, but your will, but this this drawing away with the Father to be able to be in a place where he can receive from the Father to give out. And we see that so clearly in his life where, you know, wherever Jesus showed up, miracles happened, crowds of people were guaranteed to be there, and all sorts of things went down as a result of, you know, this attraction, this um, evidence of the Spirit of God working in his life and through his life, when we saw people just crowd around him always. And, you know, Jesus knowing that, you know, as people recognize that, we recognize that as that traction of Jesus was a restoring of both the soul and the body, wasn't it? We see that and we know that, that Jesus is the one that is the only one that can restore and heal us in wholeness. And so we see that for across those scriptures and across these last few weeks where people would walk for days without food, they would walk and they would, they would walk and follow him to be ministered by him, to be able to know that, you know, they recognize there's something in him. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be where he is at. I don't care if I don't have food for three days. I don't care what it takes. I'll walk these roads. But I want to be where he's at. And there was this attraction, this attractiveness of Jesus that drew people to him. As a church, for many years, we've been um, sending out teams of youth into our local schools. We do, you know, at Clarkson and Alcamas and at Mullaloo, they do the surrounding high schools as well, where our youth team, they get led now by our youth pastor, Riley Turner, doing an awesome job. 
blowing it up there with the youth ministry, let me tell you. Yeah, give him a clap. He does, you are, he is doing an outstanding job. And so they've got a job and a half to do, I say. I've never been a part of this, but I hear the stories come back where, you know, they're going in lunchtime, they're going to teenagers, and they're, like, going there to make connections and do something that will be able to be appealing to these teenagers enough that is going to draw them away from their friends and draw them away from their lunchtime. Now, I don't know about you, but my favourite part of school was lunchtime, and so that's a big gig. That's a big gig. So, anyhow, so John, our other youth pastor from Mullaloo, was sharing this story about, you know, what they need to do is... Um, get get activities done and inflatables or a bit of food and and stuff like that to be able to draw the kids in to be able to ha- you know have conversations and make relationship with them and so they would always constantly coming up with these ideas of how can we do this what can we do what well, how do we do this better how do we draw a crowd in and um he was he was sharing this but then one day this happened can we have a look at this photo there is Pastor, is this funny different to you earlier? Oh, we've changed it up. That's good. Oh, here we go. Here we go. But they're all, they're all photos. So when we look here, and then all that, what Pastor John said, all we needed was actually Riley, because whenever Riley would show up, a crowd would gather. Whenever Riley would show up, a crowd would gather. Didn't, we didn't need inflatables. Those things weigh 20 kilos. It's hard work getting those inflatables out. He said, we, we'll just call him now the attraction, because... <laughs> Wherever he showed up, come on, wherever he showed up, a crowd was going to gather around him. There's teenagers, now there's boys and girls and all sorts. It wasn't just the girls. Where's Taylor? Is she in the house? She's got some competition. No, she's getting married. She's secure. Um, so what we, what we see there, but, is like the evidence of God. Riley has a heart for those teenagers. Riley has the joy of the Lord in him. Riley has this effervescent nature that is just bubbly and sparks up any room he walks into. But it is that drawing way, it is the Spirit of God in our lives that draw people to ourselves. You may not draw a crowd like Riley, I certainly don't, but um, it might be a one-on-one conversation. It might be the, the fact, I know I hear some people say, there's something about that person I don't quite know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know how they're different, but there's something different about them. And you get gravitated to them. I believe it's the Spirit of God that works in and through our lives that draws people unto ourselves and unto God ultimately. That, you know, through what we can do with Christ in us, that he builds his church, but we, he positions us to do our bit. And, you know, for Riley, he goes in there, doesn't need inflatables, he might. Him and Molly. Molly brings it home as well. And that they go into the schools and they, they go there with that purpose of how do we spread the gospel? Not preaching it, but how do we be Jesus in this place? How do we be the love of God to these teenagers? How do we be the love of God to those that may have never heard it? And they do that, not because it's the, the, a fun job to do. It might be. I don't see it as that. But um, I'm not in that ministry area. So, but it is the equipping of God in his life to be able to send him out. And he does that wholeheartedly and well and bounces in there, I'm sure. But it is that attractiveness of what, what draws people to Jesus, what draws people to us, what draws people to you. That the Spirit of God, you know, equips us to be a part of what He's doing in and through this world. 
they brought people to Jesus. As we look in the scripture, I love that through scripture that we get challenged. And this certainly has challenged me to the core as I've been prepping and reading over these scriptures. That as we see the people that knew Jesus, and we, we see here that they went and brought people to Jesus. They went and brought people from all around the town. They're like, we see Jesus has landed. We don't know how long he's going to be here. We don't know how long he's going to be here, but I'm going to go and find my friends all around the place. They may be sick and they may not be able to walk, but I'm going to get a mat and I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to carry them to Jesus. Why? Because the transformative work of Jesus Christ in their life, they know what Jesus can do. They know what Jesus can do for their friends, much more than the mascara can do for my friends. Jesus can do so much more. And they flow out of that. And they go out and they're like, I don't know how long we've got here, but I'm going to go and going to find all my friends from the town and I'm going to bring them to Jesus. And I don't know, I'm a bit visual when I read the scripture and I... I Imagine it a little bit like a shopping spree. Has anyone done one? Like, you know, a shopping spree where you win something. Have you done one? Oh, well, you know, when you win some money, you've got a certain amount of time. You've got to spend the money in that time. I see this like this. Like, Jesus is here. We've got a certain amount of time. Let's go get our friends and bring them to him because what he's going to give to them is so much greater than any goods or any material things that we could possibly give them. And in this, I read that and I'm like, how much then, if I'm challenged to my core, how much then is that in my life? That no matter what grey-haired conversation that I have with someone, I bring up mascara with them. But in my netball team, when people are having a hard time and people are like got no hope, do I bring up that conversation that, do you know what? The gift of salvation, do you know the gift of Jesus Christ in your life? that no matter what you're going through, the hardest of times, that you can have joy in that season because of Jesus Christ? Do I share with them that there is a hope and a love that is for them, is a gift for them? And it's a challenge because I don't always get it right. But this scripture has challenged me today to say that, you know, we've got Alpha coming up next week. Can I challenge each and every one of us that for each one of us, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for each one, not for me, not for Riley, not for Dean only, but for each one of us to say, who is it in our world? Who is it that we rub shoulders with during the week that we can say the transformative story of Jesus Christ in our life to them? And you know, you may say, oh, I don't know what that salvation prayer is. That's like just too hard. I'm not going to be able to do that. Bring them to here. There's the Alpha team that you sit around the table, they can ask any question they like, they can come and be themselves and they can encounter potentially the love of Jesus Christ in there for themselves. So let me encourage you today, application, take home. Alpha, who can we be thinking about? Who can we be thinking about as to who can we put this in the hand to invite them? And you know, we do our bit, but we pray that the whisper of God will be upon this invite. And that, that will pierce the hearts of the people that we invite. So let me encourage you. We have an amazing Alpha team and they're ready. We're praying actually at 12.15 today for anyone that would like to be a part of that. As we lead into Alpha, that we'll be praying that people will encounter and be transformed by Jesus Christ in this place. So be praying with us as we do that. And that question like, so what measure, what measure of Jesus Christ in our own lives, has transformed us enough 
that we then, it spills out into our conversations. It spills out into the people we talk with. Not to be weird, we can't be weird people, but just to be relating to people at where we're at, at where they're at. And that, you know, we are not to go out there and be preaching a big five-point sermon to people. Let me tell you, don't do that. But to be able to show the love of Christ, to be able to do that in our days, that, you know, the people you encounter is never going to be the people that potentially I'll encounter. And so how do we do the bit with the people that we've been entrusted with? That I challenge us for this week as we go into it, that, you know, it will spill out into our conversations. It will spill out into our workplaces. It will spill out into our schools. It will spill out into the people we get in connection with. That, you know, the love of God is the greatest message that we can preach. The love of God is the greatest gift that we can give somebody. Greater than any miracle or healing or anything like that. But the healing of their soul is one of the greater gifts we can do. So as, a, as encouragement to you, as a challenge to us all, me included, let us be thinking about who is that we can potentially bring to Jesus. Let's, let's be thinking on that. And as we um, look there in verse 56, they received power from Jesus. They begged him to let them touch even just the edge of the cloak and all who touched it were healed. That, you know, the very... Um, the, the story that we would well known would be the woman with the issue of blood where she reached out and she touched the, the hem of his garment and she was healed. And that for each one of us, you know, the, um, as in her case, that it wasn't necessarily the garment that healed her. It was the one who wore the garment that healed her. And that for each one of us, that by faith, that as we come and as we approach Jesus, we believe that all sorts of things can happen. We believe that Jesus can transform our lives. Jesus can break the chains of our lives. Jesus can break fear over our lives. Jesus can do all things more than what we could ever, ever hope or imagine. And this week I was reading a book. It was called um, by Leanne Payne, uh, The Healing Presence. And she talks about um, the presence of God. And how for some of us, we may have experienced that sensation or that feeling, that presence of God upon our lives. It is with us. It was like we've experienced that. But then there's other parts of our, our walk and our journey and our faith where that hasn't been the case. And honestly, probably for most part of our walk, it isn't the case. But she talks about the presence of God in contrast to the sense of the presence. So to know that actually the presence of God, God is with us at all times. Whether you feel it or not, that God is with us at all times. Through the most rubbish of situations, that God is with us at all times. And so you may have had that sensation, you may have had that feeling that God is with you. But we believe that when we don't have those feelings, when we don't have the sensation that God is with us, we need to know and stand on faith to believe that God is with us. Whether we feel it or not, that God is with us. And she talks about that scripture with, um, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That, you know, by faith, the practice of the presence is simply stepping out and being disciplined, calling to mind that God is with us. When we're constantly doing this, she says that the miracle of seeing by faith is given. We begin to see with our eyes and our heart. As we step out, we may not feel it, we may not 
sense it, but to know that by faith we're believing that God is with us. And slowly the eyes of our heart open, slowly that faith grows and God does stuff in our lives. It is the actual presence, not the sensation of the presence, that we actually, Christ is in us, that we actually walk through our days and our weeks knowing that, you know, God is with us, not just with a few, but with all of us. That God is at work whether we feel it or whether we don't. That God is moving in your life whether you know it or you don't. That God is doing something great amongst us. And I know for each one of us, none of us are excluded from that. For anyone that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and has received the Holy Spirit, that He is at work in and through us. And today as we, as we wrap up, it is that sense, and I feel that this morning, that God wants to do something amongst us. That, you know, for many of us, maybe there hasn't even been that moment where, you know, you've, you've asked for the presence of God to be in your life. Or maybe it has been and you've had that sensation, you've had that feeling of, God, you're there, but you're not anymore. So does that mean you're not here? No. God is with us. But what I want to do um, this morning is to pray for anyone that would say, that are new and afresh, like, God, you know, maybe I have forgotten that you are with me. Maybe I haven't even realized or known that you're with me, but I want, I want to come up the front and I want to pray that Jesus, that your presence would be with me and just stand. I just feel that today, more so than you've probably, you may or may not have ever come up the front and it might be a hard thing to do, but can I encourage you in this moment, sometimes there's steps of action we need to take. And I feel like today is one of those moments where there is a step of action just to say and come before God to say, do you know, I want more of you. I don't want to be held back by fear. I want to be held back by these walls that would hold me. But I believe God is calling us to greater things. And as we sing this next song, it's talking about for the sake of the world. That, you know, we are transformed by the message of Jesus Christ over our life. That what? We go out and we share it. We don't hold it. But do you know what? Sometimes fear and all these things will hold us back. But when the presence of God comes, whether you feel it or don't feel it, that He can do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask or hope for. So I'm believing today that as we um, stand, and we can stand now even, that as we stand, that as we sing this song, that as we declare that God is going to break some stuff over our lives, that He is going to move, that as we say that, God, I'm going to move to the front and I'm going to ask, Lord, for more of Your presence, for more of Your power in my life, that for why? That we would go out that we would go out and represent you well, that we would go out and we would be filled with your spirit that is moving amongst us. So as um, we sing this song and as you feel comfortable, won't you come out the front? We'll have some people pray for you.